Hello, everyone. Happy Monday, and welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley, and I'm your host. This week, we are joined with another guest. Dr. Nick Sharma is a dentist in Toronto, Ontario. He has quite a unique story from going through an accelerated dental program in Canada and then doing a GPR, which is a hospital-based program if you aren't familiar. And then he got into pediatric dentistry right away and did some teaching, did some work in the hospital and now is working in private practice. So lots to be learned from Dr. Nick in this episode. But before we get into the conversation with him, I did want to do our typical little intro. And if you're listening to this real time on December 14th, I did just want to say good luck if you are a current applicant to the cycle and hoping to hear back from schools tomorrow. And I did also want to say that if you are a current applicant this cycle and have not had any interview yet, do not give up hope and do not lose faith. Have trust in your yourself and be proud of your accomplishments regardless of your status this application season, whether you're hearing from not your top choice, whether you're not hearing from anyone at all. I just really want to encourage you to be reflective, be patient, treat yourself with grace, and understand that you are not your application. If you want to listen to Dear Dental School Ashley's episode that was a couple ago, that could be really helpful because she gives some encouragement about how to separate yourself from your application, so that could really ease your worries right now if you're feeling stressed about tomorrow or just in general anytime you're listening to this episode. That's a really great one for pre-dental students to listen to in particular. But for me, I am heading into my last week of finals this week of the 14th. I have three finals left, so that means we have finished nine of our 12 classes already, three to go. So I'm really excited about that after tomorrow. When you're all listening to this, I will have two done. So I just have one left, which is on Wednesday, and then I have about three weeks off. So I'm really looking forward to that time with my family and that time to kind of reset Again, I'm not going to get too into what's been happening just because I'm going to save all of that for the D1 fall recap episode, which is going to be up next week after this one. So I hope you're all excited to listen to that. I did want to throw in a little bit of motivation still this episode before we get into the conversation with Dr. Nick and then let you all enjoy the rest of that. So I don't have a specific quote or something as the motivation this week, more of just another kind of thought process that I want to share with you all. And that is just to remind yourself that you have it in you. Whatever you're working for, whatever you're worried about, whatever, yeah, whatever you're working for, just recognize that you have it in you. You're capable of anything that you set your mind to. I'm not saying it's going to be a night and day change. I'm not saying you're going to wake up tomorrow and reach all your goals, but Slow and steady wins the race, and whatever you're working on right now, whether that's final exams, whether it's something... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi everyone so we have another guest today and i'm going to let them introduce themselves hi my name is uh, nikhil sharma uh, i go by the name of dr nick in the clinic uh, i want to thank you Haley, for first of all having me on this podcast and i hope i serve of some help to your uh, to your listeners and followers i'm a pediatric dentist in toronto ontario 
um, and uh, currently practicing completely into private practice as an associate. Awesome. So can you briefly explain some of the differences between dentistry in Canada and the U.S.? And then I know that you did like your specialty residency in the state of New York. So what made you like, why did you have to do that? Was that a choice? Can you kind of explain some of the logistics of everything? Of course, yeah. So uh, dentistry in Canada and U.S., I don't know much about dentistry in the U.S. other than what I've kind of learned off my friends. But in Canada, it is a four-year program. Um, we do about a year and a half of medicine in the beginning uh, with the med students uh, from our year. And then we complete the other two and a half years in completely dentistry. So a little bit of preclinic with uh, plastic teeth. And then the rest of it is patient care. Um, luckily, in the state that I'm from, which is Quebec, uh, I did my dentistry at McGill University in Quebec. And uh, there they have a five-year program for those who want to go straight into dentistry. Um, obviously a little competitive. And uh, once you get into that, you don't have to do a bachelor's prior to dental school. So I did not do a bachelor's prior to my dental program. Um, I went straight into a one-year pre-dentistry and then four years of uh, dentistry after that. Um, and then upon graduating, I uh, did do a general practice residency at a pediatric hospital. And that's kind of pretty uh, emphasized on at our dental school, at least in, in Montreal. Um, and uh, I did a GPR at a pediatric hospital known as Montreal Children's Hospital. Um, pretty much first two months, I kind of knew I wanted to do pediatrics for the rest of my life and uh, decided to apply to New York. Um, the thought process behind that was this um, pediatric program in Canada, majority of them, actually all of them are three-year programs. They're a master program. And in uh, the States, you can find some that are two-year programs. And the, uh, I guess the, the stipend and the pay is definitely much better than in Canada. So uh, some of the reasons why I, I preferred um, applying to the state of New York, close to home, um, definitely different from Canadian dentistry. So I wanted to kind of get outside of Canada, get outside of what I was used to learning and introduce some new things in my field. Thanks. That was a really great explanation. So since you mentioned that you kind of got into dentistry pretty quickly with your like accelerated program, when did you like decide that you wanted to do dentistry? And then also when did you decide on pediatrics specifically? Uh, so I think pediatrics came before I, dentistry. So okay. I wanted to be a teacher when I was young, uh, probably as a kid. I always saw myself being a teacher, wanted to work with kids, wanted to always be around kids. And um, I think soon enough, I realized healthcare was important to me. Science was important to me. Definitely with my cultural background, my parents kind of emphasized on the medical career as well. So I wanted to be a pediatrician for, I would say, majority of my youth. Um, when I started volunteering at hospitals versus dental clinics, um, I realized that the lifestyle that I kind of wanted for my future was more of a dental uh, type of life. And um Pretty much, I'd say within about a year of volunteering, I realized that I did not want to go in the medical field and wanted to do um, work as a dentist. And uh, as I started dental school, I wanted to do either ortho uh, or pediatrics. Either way, I was going to work with uh, the younger population. And um, towards the end of dental school, I got really exposed to working with kids, working with patients with special needs, uh, patients with autism, and I happen to be good at it. So a lot of my teachers and administrators told me this is definitely something you should pursue. So applied into a pediatric GPR, enjoyed it, and then went to pediatrics, never looked back. 
Great. And another thing I was hoping to hear about is your experience in dental school specifically, and then anything you think you did during dental school that helped kind of further your knowledge about pediatric dentistry. Yeah. So dental school was great. Um, Definitely. Like I went straight into university for dentistry. So we had some individuals in our program that were obviously from bachelor's, um, you know, had university experience. So I was kind of pretty young into university, trying to make the most of my dental school experience, learned a lot, Um, did not have as much experience with research, um, maybe compared to my classmates, got a little bit about that when I was in dental school. And I think towards second or third year, end of third year, we had a a summer clinic where we did a month of uh, clinic work during the summer, over the summer vacation. And we we did it with uh, the younger population. So anyone in the teenage years, even kids uh, within, you know, seven to 10 year range that were fairly cooperative. And uh, we would treat them over the summer and pretty much just complete all their dental needs. And I think that's when I really got exposed to pediatrics and realized, yes, these kids were more cooperative than the general population, but it was definitely my first exposure to kids in the dental field. And and I loved it and I enjoyed it. And um, I, I didn't really do a lot of, in terms of educating myself, in the pediatric field until that third, uh, end of third year. And that's when I started looking more into pediatrics. I started shadowing at um, orthodontic clinics as well as pediatric clinics. And uh, just that's it. That's pretty much what I did. Not too much CE. I feel like now there's more pediatric continuing education, whereas back then um, it was more implants, more pros, more uh, you know dentures and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really pursue that very much. Yeah, so continuing on in your journey, then after dental school, you said you entered the GPR and then the specialty program. Can you talk a little bit about how your specialty program was structured? Are there differences between the two years of your program? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's a two-year program. It's not a master program. The first year usually is trying to get your uh, pediatric knowledge up uh, to par, I guess, and then also building up your your speed. So the biggest thing in pediatric industry is the speed in which we, we do our treatments. The faster, the better for the child. So the first year was focused definitely on treatment planning, on um, learning the pediatric knowledge, as well as uh, just providing basic treatment procedures. So getting comfortable with providing those stainless steel crowns, um, those pulpotomies, um, and various other pediatric treatments. And the second year is when we started doing more uh, sedations, general anesthesia, operating room, um, more rotations as well, kind of learning about community dentistry, uh, learning about general anesthesia in the hospital environment. Um, We actually had even an anesthesia rotation where we worked with an anesthesiologist to uh, intubate as well as provide IVs. Definitely a lot of learning. And then there was definitely enough experience over the two years, spread out over the two years to learn all aspects of pediatric dentistry. During that program, did you feel like the day-to-day was similar to what you do in like private practice, like about the same number of patients, or was it still slower since you were in like more of a learning stage? Yeah, I think it started off uh, slower. Uh, Definitely, you know, within the first year, they're, they're not booking us as many patients as I get private practice was, but by the end of second year, I was, I would say where we're pretty close to private practice. Um, definitely once you're in private practice, you figure out ways to uh, make yourself faster, um, do certain uh, reorganization and restructuring within the clinic, which we couldn't necessarily do 
uh, as part of a residency, but kind of just structuring your day a little bit different, running different amounts of chairs, having another room to go into, you know, that's not something that's possible always during a residency. Um, so speed definitely picked up throughout the residency. And then finally, when I got into private practice, I just kind of made some modifications to my organization and was able to see more patients. I know that you said you also were involved as a program director at that same GPR program that you attended. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in that role? Yes. So that was completely random. I never thought of ever getting into academics after completing my pediatric residency. I happened to be visiting Montreal, visiting the hospital, uh, visiting the GPR program and just kind of saying hi to old friends and staff. And um, I thought maybe, you know what, I would consider maybe an afternoon to go uh, supervise, demo uh, the residents and just teach maybe an afternoon a week. And when I was there, they told me they were looking for a program director, uh, preferably, you know, a pediatric dentist, even though it was uh, it was a GPR um, because it was in a pediatric hospital. They wanted to definitely get a pediatric dentist. They really liked my experience with them in the past. So they offered me a part-time program director position. I had no idea what that consisted of. Um, Sat down with the previous program director um, and and found out that maybe this is something I want to get into. And and this opportunity doesn't come around very often. So I went ahead with it and did that part-time. And part-time, I got to work in a private practice in, uh, in Montreal as well. So it just happened to work out. On its own, uh, literally, I, I take that as a, a lucky opportunity, but I definitely uh, learned a lot and, and I would not trade it for the world. So it was, it was a good experience. It seems like that would be kind of a nice balance to your week, like kind of two different hats that you were the academic duties and then also the private practice duties. What was like a day to day like when you were working as a program director? What kind of responsibilities did you have? Yeah, so definitely a balance throughout the, the week. The week was just the speak of the week. It was completely different. Every single day was was going back and forth. So either hospital dentistry, either teaching, either private practice, uh, a good variety, which made the week go by so much faster. But um, day-to-day at the hospital uh, was start in the morning teaching. Uh, so we did morning lectures to the residents, and then they kind of saw their patients and just supervised them with their patients, um, attended for emergencies, traumas, saw a lot of patients with, with syndromes, um, got to see a lot, got to learn a lot as well while, uh, while teaching myself and uh, did a lot of hospital dentistry as well. So we had to kind of sometimes get up and, and, you know, okay, we have an emergency in this and this ward, this and this department needs us. So it was never the same day. Every day was different. Patients were obviously completely different, but even just uh, the structure of the day and the, the schedule of the day changed on the fly. Uh, sometimes running as an emergency into the operating room because a, a child needed to have an extraction done was not part of the plan in the morning, but by the afternoon, that's what we were doing. So very interesting day, very fun day. It made the, the hours go by really fast. And then teaching new graduates is always fun because they come in with, you know, uh, so much I guess, information and education already, but they also have so many more questions. So it makes you think, it keeps you on your toes and you kind of go home that same night, do your research, talk around, and then try to get answers for them the next day. That is really cool. I feel like that's such a unique experience. And like you said, it just kind of all happened, which is really great. But now you said you're fully working in private practice, correct? Correct, fully into private practice. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about that work now maybe like what are some of your favorite procedures to do what is the day-to-day or maybe week-to-week look like 
Yeah, so um, I happened to come into a situation where I got offered to work uh, in a private practice uh, with multiple practices. And uh, it's not something, again, that I was planning on doing this soon. Um, I was kind of looking at something outside of academic um, eventually. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen this soon. Um, these are a group of private practices. I pretty much do about four days of clinic, and then I'll do a day or two here or there where I'll help with running the clinics. So because of my experience in running the um, residency program, um, I was able to kind of help out in better managing and better organizing the clinics and structuring them and, and I guess, training assistants, training staff, uh, even working with some of the newer dentists, um, pediatric dentists. So some days it will be literally just managing administrative stuff, managing clinics, doing a little bit of social media marketing, um, just structuring the clinic as a whole. And then some days will be consultations, sedations, um, and then there'll be days of general anesthesia. So we do offer in-office general anesthesia in our clinics to pediatric patients. So those are pretty much um, five or six patients a day where they come in. We have an anesthesiologist that comes in. The anesthesiologist obviously provides the general anesthesia. The patient is asleep. I go ahead and complete all their treatments. Um, it's, it's a fast day. Um, it's a lot of dentistry, a lot of drilling, filling, doing crowns. Um, you kind of appreciate the art of dentistry, I guess, those days. And then the other days, I'm kind of doing a lot of behavior management, um, parent management as well. So uh, definitely day-to-day, -day, it's, it's very different. Um, some of it is just dentistry and some of it is uh, behavior management, talking, educating, explaining. And, and uh, yeah, every day is, is completely different, to be honest. I would imagine that it's pretty similar, but I know in the United States, if someone's like going to see a pediatric dentist, they might just be a child, but usually um, kids go to a general dentist. And then if there's a specific reason that general dentist doesn't feel like they can provide them proper care, then they would refer them to the pediatric dentist. Is that similar for you that you're seeing mostly patients with like unique needs? Exactly. So a lot okay. of times it's, it's either, you know, failed attempts at treatment or just uh, complex cases. Okay. That, that makes sense. Do you have anything that like, I don't know, what's kind of like the most intellectually like exciting thing about your job? I definitely think um, behavior management keeps me on my toes and keeps my mind running because um, yeah. every child is, is the same. Uh, what One story might work with one child. You'll get the exact same age, exact same type of intelligence in another child, but you have to do it a completely different way. So I think the procedures themselves, we do literally a handful of procedures every day um, and they're not very, very complicated. You get very comfortable to them and you get very good at them. Uh, the only thing that changes is your behavior management. So having to come up with stories, having to relate with the child, having to uh, talk about certain cartoon shows, cartoon movies, um, you know, keeping up to date with that. I think that's what keeps me kind of motivated to, to, doing my, I guess, job better um, is how well I can manage the child. The actual procedure, I think majority of pediatric dentists can agree that they've kind of, after four or five years of experience, have pretty much reached their 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 peak. They're doing well, the, the procedures themselves, learning new stuff here and there, but the behavior management never changes. Uh, I mean, never stays the same. It, it always changes every single day. There's a new patient from patient to patient, just literally from one hour to the next is completely different and you you cannot prepare yourself for it so you go in you assess the patient as you're proceeding and you modify on the fly 
Um, for like behavior management, do you feel that you learned most of those skills or like different ways to address different patients through mentors, through your formal education, just through practice, like trial and error? Yeah. So I think, I think dental school, um, is, is great overall, but pediatrics, at least at our dental school, um, wasn't in depth. And I, I think a lot of my colleagues in, in future residencies agreed as well that their dental school wasn't big on, on the pediatric education. Maybe now it's getting better, but back then there was a minimal component. So I think coming out of dental school, I knew a small amount of pediatric dentistry. I knew the clinical knowledge, but in terms of behavior management, there wasn't much experience. Um, in my GPR, as well as my pediatric specialty, I got to do a lot of behavior management. And I think a lot of it was learning from your supervisors and your, your teachers and your faculty, uh, because they were doing this in private practice. And then they would come and say, you know, this worked for this child. How about you try this? And sometimes we'll just be talking at lunch saying, oh, I had a kid that was behaving like this. And then your supervisor will give you their tip or what worked for them. And you literally go and try it on your next patient. Um, so a lot of it is trial and error. Uh, a lot of it is just habits. So you realize what worked in the past and, and if it's not broken, don't fix it um, is the way I think about it. So if it works, just keep doing it um, until you realize that it doesn't work for the child. And then, then you start implementing other stuff. A lot of conferences, a lot of uh, CE uh, seminars, a lot of webinars that I've watched uh, since I guess COVID started as well. I learned a few um, tricks and tips from other providers as well. So that's always helpful. So you got to just keep learning, keep introducing new stuff and then keep trying things that you think will work. And if they don't get rid of them, try them on another child, but keep trying something new. So I feel like there's kind of a stigma, but it's probably also true that like you definitely need a particular kind of personality or like mindset to do pediatric dentistry and that it can be very draining just because you have complicated children all day, every day. And I know you said that you like always knew you were interested in kids and wanted to do pediatrics, but is there anything that you do on days that are particularly tough to kind of get through it? hundred percent. Yes. You okay. have. I think, I think that's all aspects of dentistry, but we do associate it a lot with pediatric dentistry where you kind of go home uh, quite um, mentally and maybe physically drained, but mentally more. We spend a lot of time talking uh, throughout the day. So I use talking as my main behavior management, whether I'm doing sedations or not. So a lot of talking with patients, a lot of talking with parents. My uh, biggest way to relieve myself of that is to not really talk when, when usually within the first hour that I'm done work. So I try to, you know, get into fitness, get into sports, get into activities. Uh, I enjoy the outdoors. I bike a lot. I run a lot. I go to the gym. So put my music on, put my headphones on and, and try to, you know, not get involved in too much talking and discussions and heated debates um, and just kind of let my mind relax, let my body relax, let my inner, um, you know, talkative part shut off for a little bit. And then after that, I feel like a new person. So it definitely feels good. I think having a life outside of, of work is super important for any part of dentistry, but that's definitely what's working for me in pediatric dentistry. So what's something about your work that's maybe surprised you or something that didn't go exactly how you expected it to go? Yeah. So um, I think the biggest surprise for me or the biggest, I guess, unexpected uh, thing about pediatric dentistry was that I always focused on behavior management of the child, treatment provided to the child. I always thought about the child. Um, but to our surprise, as I feel like time goes forward, parenting and parents have changed 
hugely over the last few years. And uh, I think parent management uh, has become an important component of my overall uh, provision of care. So I think I focus a lot on managing the parents, uh, calming down the parents, uh, educating the parents. So I think I wasn't I wasn't ready for that when I when I signed up for pediatric dentistry, but definitely something that I have to incorporate in my practice. Something that I enjoy on some days, and some days I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that parent was way more difficult than the actual child." So the child was no problem, the treatment was no problem, but explaining and educating and and getting the parents managed is sometimes uh, the challenging part. Thanks for that. So we are wrapping up and I do just have one more question that I like to ask everybody because they kind of have different perspectives on everything. And I know earlier you were talking about like de-stressing and balance and everything that comes with work, but how do you think that dentistry fits into the overall goals that you have for your life? Um, ooh, okay. Uh, I think, I mean, initially when I was a dental student, I thought that dentistry was going to be my, you know, my main focus. I was going to work six days a week. I was going to do long hours because I love dentistry. I love the art of dentistry. I love providing care. I love my patients. Um, And I think as I started, you know, my career is when I realized that I think dentistry as a whole or even work in general should be part of my life rather than my whole life. Um, and I kind of with time realized that and started making changes in my schedule, my day to day, my weekly schedule even. And I think that has been the biggest, you know, um, I guess, uh, excitement in my life is that I'm able to kind of still enjoy life outside of dentistry. And at the same time, when I do go to work, because it's not so overwhelming and not, you know, my whole life uh, revolving around it, I actually end up enjoying work. I actually end up enjoying providing care, I actually end up doing better work as well. So I think having that balance is the most important thing. And I think um, incorporating it into my life in this manner actually is making me achieve the goals that I wanted overall. Maybe not as a dental student, but overall what I want now for my life is, is what I'm achieving by these changes. That's really great. I'm happy to hear that. So just finally, do you have any closing advice or like final thoughts you want to get out to the listeners? Um, yeah, for sure. I think throughout dental school, throughout residency, whatever you decide to do, um, the biggest thing that I was told as advice was be a sponge. Absorb as much as you can. Um, take in, take in, take in, um, because you don't know what you're going to end up using and you don't know what you're going to put aside. There are definitely things that I learned or that I absorbed that I don't use anymore. Um, however, majority of the things I somehow get to incorporate into my either life or into my practice, and it's always useful. So as a dental student, as a resident, as a new associate, as a new business owner, um, just make sure that you're learning at all times. That's the biggest thing I can give, which is either through reading, either through talking to mentors, either through learning from other um, students or other residents around you. Just try to absorb as much as you can. Thank you for that. And thank you for everything today. Um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have more questions? Should they reach out on Instagram? Yeah, I think Instagram is the easiest. Uh, my Instagram is doctor, so D-R dot N-I-K-S-H-A-R-M-A. So it's Dr. Nick Sharma. Um, and uh, yeah, they can message me there, follow me there, and I'll definitely help out in any way I can. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Alrighty, that is the end of our conversation with Dr. Nick. I hope you all thought it was insightful and maybe sparked your interest in looking into some different avenues of dentistry beyond what you have experienced as a patient and made you realize that there's more out there. There's more you can do if you know you want to be a dentist, but there's different capacities rather than just general dentistry or even working in private practice. There's academics, there's hospital settings, there are lots of people that need our care. So I hope that give you a little something to think about for the rest of your week. But I did just want to thank you again so much for listening, remind you to check out the Instagram at Dental Download Podcast, and say goodbye for now. I will talk to you next Monday for our D1 fall recap, talking about finals week, talking about my whole semester with 23 credits as a D1 at the University of Michigan School of Dentistry. All right, I will talk to you next week.